1: Before we start today's show, I'd like to say a special thanks to Winston Gooden for sending me a copy of In Praise of Jamaica. It's authored by Jamaican George McHale and is a superbly illustrated catalogue of Jamaica's achievements during its 50 years of independence. It catalogues often hidden and sometimes unknown accomplishments of Jamaicans at home and in the diaspora. You really should go out and get yourself a copy. You can either do that by going onto Amazon and typing in In Praise of Jamaica, or you can go onto the In Praise of Jamaica website.
0: How Jamaica Conquered the World is officially endorsed by Jamaica 50.
1: This is the story of how one small island conquered the world. Jamaican Pachwa. And
2: a fair start, Asafa Pal. Usain is also Mountain out well. Here they come in down the track. Back.
1: It's a story of music, sport, and style. How its rhythms, athletes, and language went global. Pull up, pull up. This is how Jamaica conquered the world. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it.
0: Mighty Crown and King Will Q Double 20th anniversary event Life with Music 10th 15th, Oto
3: It's gonna be crazy! Uh, my name is Shizuo Ishii for Overheat Music in mm-hmm. Tokyo, Japan. Okay, my name is Ichiro Suganuma. I work for Overheat Music for Ishii.
2: My name is Marvin Sterling. I'm an associate professor of cultural anthropology at Indiana University in Bloomington, um, Indiana, in the United States. My
0: name is Master Simon from mighty crown the far east rulers i'm a mc selector owner of mighty crown sound system um based in yokohama
2: japan as a first world nation is really tuned into much of what's going on culturally around the world reggae music really arrived to japan not much after the birth of reggae music in jamaica itself so this is in the early to mid 1970s and i think it came to japan in an interesting way a lot of people i interviewed um who have been interested in reggae and rastafari even uh, they said that they first came into contact with the music but rather through punk music being imported to japan you know british punk or being hugely informed by by reggae music In 1979, I think this represented a really major milestone in the development of a Japanese interest in reggae music. And this is when Bob Marley performed. For the first time, there is this kind of growing mainstream interest in reggae music, in roots reggae music. After that performance, this this subcultural interest in the music grew so that throughout the 1980s, you have new businesses forming around this interest in in reggae music, including things like um, reggae clubs, reggae bars, craft shops. Magazine. Reading
3: magazine is very, very important. We can't understand Jamaican culture. The early 80s. So we didn't have reggae music critics. So we went to Jamaica. We learned everything. Patois, music equipment, and slang, everything. So we need a translation magazine. We need to translate to Japanese music fans. Sorry, I, I can't speak English. I'm sorry. Ah. Uh, <laughs> 1987. Sun Splash in Japan. Takyon is a Japanese company. Next year, they started their own regular festival. We call Japan Splash. So it holds 5,000 people at the beginning. But every year, it increased more than 10,000 people. Uh, reached close to 20,000 people in 90s. Rankin Taxi. He went to Jamaica in early 80s and he saw Yellowman in uh, Sunsplash and he liked the artist. Uh, he liked the culture. Uh, when he came back to Japan, he built a sound system speakers called Taxi Hi-Fi.
0: The was kind of small in Yokohama when we started, but you had
2: big shows like you had like Reggae Sun Splash, Reggae Japan Splash, that was like huge. And places like Yokohama, you have this emerging interest because of a sound system by the name of Mighty Crown. We went to Reggae clubs, Reggae bars in Yokohama, where they play
0: dancehall music, Reggae music, and we 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 thought everything was so cool listening to the music. because It was so different.
2: <laughs>
0: Super time,
3: um, double up rhythm by South Lacos <laughs> <South laughs> Crew.
0: South Lacos Crew.
3: Cherry bomb, the bomb.
0: Ooh, 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 That Ooh, ooh, We were like really excited about this whole reggae dancehall music, you know, we went to like, you know, places like Jinuya, New York, our selector, um, Sam T and Koji, they were like living in Brooklyn from 1991, 1992. We were like back and forth doing like other jobs in construction work, painting, like all kinds of stuff to make money, and we put that money into building sound system and going to Jamaica to see the actual sound clashes. Our minds was to be like one of the top sound competing against these Jamaican sounds because there was no sound, no Japanese sound who ever did that. Infrared. In 1999, we got a, a phone call from the promoter of World Clash. We got our ticket, went to New York, so it was really Mighty Crown, Kilimanjaro and Tony Matara in Brooklyn Warehouse and... I still remember a lot of people who walked past us was like, Yo, Japanese boy, I can't win this war, I know. You no, know, you have to go back Japan right now. And like everybody was cussing us. It. it was really like an away game for Mighty Crown. And then we played first like The Clash. From the first song on, it was like crazy forward. I still remember every song, Mataran, Jaro, and uh, Mighty Crown got pure forward every round. We were like competing head to head at the last part, Chum with um Jaro. But I don't think nobody expected us to play foundation like that. You know, we had like the Dennis Brown, on Suckers, Alton Ellis. Nobody expected like a Japanese song to play the latest dance and the foundation music. So that kind of was the key, the foundation music, the real hardcore tune to become a champion. That was it, though. foundation songs. After we winning in World Class, you know, a lot of Japanese sounds started to rise. Everybody started playing sound. As soon as we won World Class, people were like, yo, that's cool, let's do a sound, or, you know, like, it was that vibe, you know. So, in a way, I guess we kind of make an impact in Japan and influence a lot of, like, young kids back in the day, build their own sound system, vice dub play, go to Jamaica, go to New York. I, we, I guess we kind of, like, changed the whole game, you know.
2: For Japanese, who I think to some degree are often a little bit skeptical about their own engagement with popular cultural expressions or subcultures like reggae music that are so profoundly Afrocentric, a sound system, a Japanese sound system like Mike's Crown to win a competition among Jamaican competitors, this is a major legitimization of their interest in the music. Another stimulus for the current interest in dancehall reggae was Junko Kudo's performance in a dancehall team competition in montego bay in 2002 for many people in general were skeptical about the likelihood of a japanese performer not only entering but also doing well in a competition like this in which exclusively jamaicans performing in these competitions and so despite the expectations Kudo won her competition and kind of a a minor celebrity i think you could say in jamaica um, to this day
3: since Mighty Crown won the World Crash in 1999, there are a reggae boom. We have so many sound systems in Japan. Probably more than 50 of them. The Mighty Crown, Burn Down, Mighty Jamrock, Red Spider. We have a lot of artists. There are so many that we could name the Japanese dancehall artists like Pushing, the biggest female reggae singers in Japan. Uh, the Skywalker, dancehall DJ. Moomin, reggae singer. We have uh, H-man, dancehall DJ. We named only few compared to a lot of young generation reggae DJs and singers. So we have so many artists in Japan. Japan is island and jamaica is island that's why we connect each other because i think it's
1: island thing please write reviews it's as important as giving me money but as the upside of being free writing reviews means i stand the homepage of itunes and get that step closer to getting the film made and a broadcaster to take the series so please write reviews on itunes it's that important for how jamaica conquered the world so this week i was interviewed by bbc radio leicester in the uk now, that interview and others can be found on the press and media page on howjamaicaconquertheworld.com. So please go there and listen to it and the other bits of media and press that we've had. Keen podcast listeners will know that Nella my kids that live in Canada, interviewed the Jamaican High Consul to Toronto. I'll be putting their interview up also on the How Jamaica Conquered the World website. So stay tuned for that. That should be ready at some point this week. Please follow us on Twitter where we are at HowJamaica or you can follow me personally where I'm at Royfield spells R-O-I-F-I-E-L-D. Lastly, the Facebook page is really starting to take off. So some big thanks go to Chris Malby for putting some really good content on the site. He's found some rare videos of some real Jamaican pioneers. So go over to the Facebook page which is facebook.com forward slash HowJamaica for that. Also, big ups to Vibes Gloucester for doing the same. So anyone can go on there and register saying that they like um, How Jamaica on Facebook and go and post content and enter into discussions. Um, That's about it for me for this week. But very lastly, please write reviews on iTunes. It's that important. See you all next week.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods